Product releases can be painful for many reasons. Employees may not be fully aware of what's included in the release. Customers may have been waiting with bated breath for a feature that may or may not become available. Moreover, the product release cadence may not align with your sales cadence, for example, quarterly targets, or your customer cadence, for example, monthly check-ins, which means it's another rhythm that customer-facing team members need to think about. In this podcast episode, I dove deep into the challenges of product releases with Jake Brereton, founder and COO at LaunchNotes. We discussed how can you make sure that both your employees and customers are well-informed about the product release? What are the biggest mistakes that teams make when releasing a new feature? What does the best-in-class release process look like? I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and feel free to reach out to me with any thoughts. Let's dive in. Jake, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you about how to communicate with respect to your product, which for a lot of customer-facing folks, whether you're in customer success, sales and marketing, tends to be something that you care a lot about. Certainly customers care a lot about it. And I know product teams are trying to enable all of these groups to understand what's going on in the product much more effectively. So I'm sure you got a big audience and I'm excited to dive into the details. Thanks so much, Allison. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here and congrats on the podcast. And yeah, treat to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Glad you're here. So to start out, I want to talk a little bit about your product because I think it'll provide some context on the best practices that we talk sure. about in the rest of the conversation. Tell us about what inspired you to build Launch Notes, which is your current company. Was there a particular incident that you can recall, for example, that you were trying to help prevent other organizations from dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So I think uh, the the way Tyler, my co-founder, and I often often speak about this is he and I were both kind of in, got into the software game kind of around you know, 20, 2010 timeframe. And between 2010 and 2020, uh, we describe it as sort of a renaissance for dev tools. So if you were on an engineering team in that time, um, as you know, you know, from your time at Gainsight and your time investing, dev tools are all the rage. And and if you're on an engineering or an R&D team, life has gotten really good for you. You've got DevOps and Agile and automation and CICD. And, you know, every single day, there's something that's coming out that's that's helping you be be faster, more efficient, get code out and value out to customers faster and faster. The realization that we sort of both came to from different ends of the spectrum, he's on the technical side and I'm sort of on the product and marketing side, over that time is that no one was very thoughtful between, again, call it 2010 and 2020, on what is that, what impact does that have on the rest of the organization? So if you have your, your R&D org designing, building, shipping code now multiple times a day, what does that mean for your sales org, for your support org, for your customer success managers, for ultimately your end user and the end user experience, because that's really what you're all there to do. And so, you know, over time, you just saw that problem get worse and worse of just the complete misalignment between the non-technical half of your organization, knowing what was coming when, you know, what they should be communicating to customers. And so around, uh, to, you know, to, to answer your question, if there was a kind of a catalyst or one moment, uh, I, I tell a funny story and, and I swear it was the, the same day, which is kind of the universe sending a sign, I think. But I, Tyler had left Atlassian we were both working at the time to kind of go start uh, start launch notes and start poking around and doing some early exploring and seeing if it was something that had legs. And uh, he and I were grabbing lunch one day and he was catching me up on what he was working on. And I led product marketing at the time for the Jira business unit at Atlassian. And after lunch, I, I went back to the office for kind of our, you know, we had uh, every other week we had a, a product roadmap review where we would sit down 
my entire team in San Francisco, all the product folks on the JIRA team and a lot of the engineers, they were all in Sydney and we would run through a roadmap and all the PMs would talk about everything that was they were working on and everything that they had shipped. And at that very afternoon, I, after lunch, I went back, got on this call. And of course, the entire point of the call was to drive alignment and make sure that everyone, specifically my team, which was responsible for the release and the communication around the release, um, knew what was coming. And we were watching, I, I, I looked up at one point and we were watching a feature demo of a feature that in the two week span since our last meeting had been designed, QA'd and rolled out. And no one on my team even knew what had happened. And this was, this was a feature that we could have made some, made some noise about. I mean, it was something significant and it's a very bittersweet moment because on one hand, it's like, okay, we're finally unlocking the team to be able to ship value that quickly. That's a great sign for the organization. However, it's completely hampering my team's ability to do their job. And so that was a few hours after I'd had, I'd, I'd had lunch with Tyler and we were talking about this problem and I thought this might be a sign. Um, and so I wrote him an email that night and said, hey, I've seen this problem sort of get worse and worse and now I'm, I'm feeling it acutely. So if there's room for me on board, let's go solve it together. And that's kind of how things got started. Amazing. So you said, I'm committed now wholeheartedly, emotionally, no going back. That's terrific. Tell us, why is this a problem You know, now particularly? You know, teams have been building and shipping software for decades. Why has it become such an acute pain point? The first thing is just, as I mentioned, kind of the rise of all these tools and technologies that are allowing and sort of unlocking R&D teams to be faster and more efficient, um, which is, again, for the end user can be really, really good. I think what sort of has thrown some additional gasoline on the problem is the whole move to remote and distributed work. It can be tough, even if you work in an organization where different teams sit on different floors or you've got you know a few different offices across the country. You put the COVID pandemic on top of this where everyone started working from home. People started living all over the world, moving wherever they wanted. I think that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. When everyone is remote, they're on different time zones. How do you know who's working on what? And specifically in today's age, when things change so quickly, so your, your kind of weekly update meetings are no longer going to be any any use. The rise of all the of agile DevOps and all the related tooling, and then a move to a huge shift to completely remote work. What do you notice are the biggest mistakes that teams make when they're releasing new features? The first one would just be not involving customer-facing teams soon enough. You know, we had a, a rule in my team at Atlassian that, you know, in their kickoffs, even at the beginning of like a new agile sprint, I wanted one of my PMMs to be there at the table. Like I wanted them to know what was being worked on. And I don't think it's, it's malicious by any means, you know, everyone's busy, but there's still this sort of, you probably have seen this and your time working in the customer success world, but this sort of walled garden and people get stuff thrown over at the last minute. And it's like, hey, we're, this thing's almost done. Can we launch it next week? And there's a complete misconception that there's a lot that goes into a product launch, even if it's a smaller thing. So the second one, which is related is just not being proactive, both with your internal teams, your customer facing teams, as well as your user base on what's coming. Launch Notes has a built-in roadmap functionality that we built in to solve this problem. So whether it's an internal roadmap or an external roadmap, and you can take different versions of them and share different versions based on the audience that you want to communicate with, because not everyone needs to see everything, but there should be a way that's sort of, that is worked into your product development lifecycle that proactively communicates and lets people know, hey, this is where this is in the process. This is going into this stage. It's just more of an oversight. Everyone's busy and heads down, but you have to be proactive about that. Those are the first two. And then there's also just a, a huge thing, and, and we're, we're big on collecting feedback, soliciting feedback on a regular basis from customers, from internal teams, but creating, you know, we often talk to customers about turning things from a monologue into a dialogue. 
right? It builds trust. It leads to better product outcome. As things are coming down the pipeline, it allows your customer facing teams to ask questions and there's someone there to answer those questions. So collecting feedback and having a way to synthesize that feedback and giving people the channel and the opportunity to ask questions, give their thoughts, give praise. Those three big mistakes that you mentioned really resonate with me. And I, I see this happen so commonly. I've experienced them. I see them happen at companies that I work with. To name a few examples, I think so often customer support teams are left in the dark about yes. some of the critical issues. And then when the product is released, they're often on the front lines of defending you know, why the product was released in this particular way. And also they're helping to figure out, you know, what's a feature versus a bug and generally, you know, swamped and maybe not as well educated about how the new feature works as they could be. I've also noticed many situations where customer facing folks, whether it's sales, customer success, customer support, they're held accountable by their customers for knowing what the future product roadmap is. But even if they were equipped with knowledge about that, that knowledge might be in the form of an outdated PowerPoint deck that happens to be living on their laptop and then their risk of communicating the wrong thing, the wrong deadline. Often PowerPoint too, I don't think is a particularly good medium for describing a new feature. It might include some flashy terminology and like screenshots, but probably doesn't explain things to the level of depth that you might in, in some more purpose-built platform. So yes, I, I, I've noticed met many of these mistakes and I imagine many of the people listening to this podcast are thinking of their horror stories. I love what you said about the customer success and support. And we actually, just today, we released a, a new version of our feedback collector. One of the things that we added is the ability to um, so you can, you know, customer success manager can privately share a roadmap as they're reviewing what's coming with with a, the customers they support. Um, and then we added the ability for that customer success or customer support person to be able to submit feedback on behalf of their customer. So as you're walking the customer through the roadmap, if they have feedback or thoughts or questions, you, they can submit on behalf of the customer, which is puts them in a position of sort of like empowerment to be able to to better serve their customers versus, as you say, then being behind the eight ball and both sides losing, right? The customer feels like they weren't enabled. They don't know what's happening and they're frustrated and the supported success people are equally frustrated because they didn't know either. Okay, so we've talked about what mistakes you can make when releasing a new feature. One question that I get a lot actually from founders that I work with is what does the best in class release process look like? What does it look like in your opinion? Philosophically, there's a few different things that I think people that are building out a release process or trying to modify a current one should be thoughtful of. The first is, this is, you know, an idea that we talk to a lot of our customers and prospective customers about is thinking about change that not as a moment in time, but as a, on a continuum, I should say. Kind of, and this is again, kind of an agile tenants, but change is just a, it's a constant, especially in today's SaaS world. I mean, that's the reason that the SaaS world exists. It's a, you can, you can be continually updating, improving, fixing on a regular basis. And so, I still think there's, I call it kind of the Steve Jobs iPhone moment, but there's a want and a need and a desire to have big releases and stand up on stage and unveil something that's been worked on for months or years or something. And I understand coming from a product marketing background, the desire to do that. However, that's not, it's just not practical in today's world. And so getting people in that mindset of let's just continually talk to customers about the value we're shipping on a regular cadence and not necessarily, it doesn't have to be huge marketing moments every month or every week. That's okay. It's, just, it's about the value that you've created. And so thinking about that continuum of there's change that's coming, there's change that's here today and there's change that has happened. Uh, and that's just a cycle that's going to constantly repeat. The second thing that we often talk to teams about in relation to the really best in class release, release process is about consistency. I think there's, especially in the product marketing community, there's this constant conversation around what's the right cadence. And we get that question all the time. People say, should we be releasing stuff weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? 
The answer is it completely depends on your, what kind of software you have and your maturity and all sorts of factors. What I encourage people to do is not think about cadence, but think about consistency. Humans are creatures of habit. We like consistency. We like to be able to know when something, expect something and know when it's coming. And so choose the consistent basis that works for your team, whether that's weekly, monthly, whatever it is. I think the important thing is that you're just, again, continuously communicating with customers and showing them that the value that, that you're creating for them. So. As you think about best in class release, I say, think about consistency and just getting on a consistent cadence with your customers. The third thing is, is really, and this is, you know, a core value of launch notes is just transparency and leveraging transparency to your advantage. I think there's obviously Atlassian is a big champion of, of building in the open and kind of open teamwork, but we're in the year 2022 and there's a lot of software out there. Everyone's building quickly. It's very competitive. I say use transparency to your advantage. The way we describe it is you don't share your roadmap, someone else will. And whoever shares it first, everyone else is going to be chasing them. So I understand there's a lot of every team is different. Every company is different. And there's a lot of uh, heartburn around sharing roadmap. But I think a great release cycle as we think about, again, change on a continuum. You see the change that's coming. You can excite users about it. You can give them a sneak peek. So thinking about how do you use transparency to your advantage as you're doing all this great work behind the scenes, don't have your engineers working on something for a month and then have it pop up because you've just wasted, I think, a month to get users excited about it, collect their feedback on it. A great list. One of the questions that I get a lot is how to ensure that go-to-market teams are able to provide ideas and feedback on the product roadmap and specifically upcoming feature releases before critical decisions are made by the product team. You can imagine that a number of these questions are coming from go-to-market leaders that really want to make sure they have input, as well as from product teams that want to show that they're being really thoughtful partners to the customer facing folks and that they are making the right decision. So I'm wondering if you've noticed best in class companies using certain recurring forums between go-to-market folks, product teams, or perhaps other types of communication that ensure that go-to-market teams can be involved early in the decision-making process. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the reasons why we built the launch notes roadmaps to also be internal facing. And one of the things I've seen some of our customers do with pretty great success is actually build specific milestones into the actual workflow. Essentially, they use it as a check-in point. And so at those specific check-in points, um, you think about the just a normal Kanban board of in development done in QA, et cetera. You actually have a column that says ready for review by go to market, whatever it might be, but being really deliberate about it. And again, being transparent about it, proactive about it. So, hey, this is moved into this state. You have the next 48 hours to look at what we've done and offer feedback on. We've seen actually a number of teams do that, especially in the distributed world. It's really helpful to, it's like, okay, I wake up in the morning and I have a launch notes that's told me, hey, this is moved into go to market review. And I have, I know I have 48 hours to leave feedback on it. So that's one that we've seen at least two or three teams do with pretty great success. Those are great ideas. I know that you've spoken with probably hundreds, maybe thousands of product teams. I'd love to know from your perspective, what's the greatest misconception that product teams have about the release process? If I had to pick one, and I don't think this is just uh, related to product, I think product marketing is equally as guilty of this. I could say that as a product marketer. It's kind of that a pray and spray approach is going to work. I think there's this idea of, hey, something is released. Let's just go down the checklist. Let's just get an email out, throw it up on the blog, put some release notes in Zendesk and call it a day. And, and we kind of assume that everyone is going to visit it in one of those three mediums. There are statistics on that, but you're likely reaching 10, maybe 20% of your users when you do that. And so being really deliberate with 
not only repetition, but also being thoughtful about exactly the comms you're sending to specific audiences that are most impacted, I think is something that's often overlooked and just not done with great effect. And it, I mean, it really sucks because you've just spent, you know, your engineering team and your design team, you know, the whole organization has just spent a lot of time on whatever it is they're shipping. And there's a lot of work that then goes in by your PMM team and your customer facing teams, but it just only reaches a small percentage. We encourage people to repeat stuff, do a weekly launch, but then also do a monthly roll up and a quarterly roll up. Even if, if you're tweeting about it, putting it up on LinkedIn, do a couple of reminders, do it several times, do follow on content, but just on launch day, just kind of pressing all the buttons and hoping that everyone is going to see what you've done is it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. So that's something I think is a pretty big misconception that's pretty industry-wide. Well, I know a lot of founders who are gearing up for their big upcoming, you know, launch announcement. So I'm sure they're listening very closely and have learned a lot from this conversation. Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. 